Hello and welcome to Theater 5 from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. Theater 5 presents Mr. Elliot Reed in Big Deal on Sutton East. Sunday, immediately after tea. My dearest Contessa, forgive the intrusion of this note blundering into your program of total unconsciousness on the Riviera for the next three months, but I must recount to you the most amusing piece of japery that occurred to me in the whole three days since you've been gone. I've been kidnapped. Don't you love it? For my money, of all things, if you can imagine, by two of the most bizarre little men you ever saw. It all started when that ghastly little piece about me appeared in the Sunday Sensationals for about the 1300th time in as many years. <laughs> you know the one I mean, the one about how much money I inherited when I was six. And along with that really repellent photograph that was taken about the same time. Apparently, that's the only photograph the newspapers have of me. And, well, it's been both a curse and a joy to me, what with all those long curls and the little velvet suit. Mother, as you well know, was hung up on the little Lord Fauntleroy a bit, and it was worth my life to leave the car going across town when I was a child. So when I was eight, I took matters into my own hands and got a haircut and a decent pair of knickers at a smart little shop on Third Avenue. Well, as you know, Mother's temper was the reason Father's business kept him in London so much, except every Christmas. So when she saw me looking recognizably like an eight-year-old boy, she threw my Noah's Ark the length of the living room, and her screams could be heard all the way to the river club. <laughs> anyway, she never had my photograph taken again, which, of course, was a dividend I hadn't expected at the time I planned my rebellion. But there are always bound to be a couple of dolts around who think I'm still six years old and still playing little Lord Fauntleroy. Well, two of them appeared Sunday last. And since I'd given Smathers the afternoon off, I threw caution to the winds and answered the door myself. Yes? Is this the uh, Hottie Renfrew Fleming residence? Yes. Uh, we're here to deliver this trunk. Trunk? Yeah, uh, to the nursery. To the nursery? Yeah, it says here, uh, deliver one child's rocking horse to the nursery. Oh, that would probably be from Mother, yes. <laughs> right this way, gentlemen. Thanks. Uh, she's always doing things like that. Easy now. Yeah. <laughs> she's in Norway for the lemming run. Lemming run? Oh, yes, she's a wild Viking, you know. All, always goes to Norway this time of year to watch those mad little creatures in their final dash to the sea. She probably found an ethnic child's toy that she thought would be amusing. Oh, uh, through here, gentlemen. All right. Easy, easy now. Yeah, you must... Forgive the appearance of the nursery. Uh, mother's always kept it as something of a shrine. And then my really zaniest friend in all the world, the Countess Henri de Poupon, uh, she's the former Elsie Pratt of Trenton, New Jersey, uh, she got this really ridiculous idea of bronzing everything in sight from a rather large pair of baby shoes to my pogo stick. And once she gets an idea like that, well, there's just no stopping her. So, uh, yes, right through here, gentlemen. Watch uh, uh, my, Yes, please. Mind the bronze. We don't want to dent that, do we? Last time I did that, the Countess set up her forge right in the nursery, and the din from her anvil went on for days. Easy, easy, easy now. Okay. Ah, yes. Splendid, splendid. 
Now, if one of you would be good enough to open the lid for me, I'm uh, not really very good at mechanical things. All right. Where's the kid? What kid? This little Hottie Fleming the third kid. I'm Hottie Fleming the third. You are. You don't look nothing like your picture. Let me see that picture again. Yeah, you see, boss, uh, he ain't got bangs near nothing like this kid. You trying to tell me that you and this kid are the same person? Well, I, I like to think I've matured since then, but that was the essential me in 1928. But actually, the article is crammed with words like roaring 20s, flapper mother, and things like that. I should think a child of 10 would realize that picture was not of today. You got a big mouth. True. Now, uh, may I ask uh, what we are all getting at, gentlemen? I'm trying to think here. Oh, well, in that case. Well, what are we going to do now, boy? shut up? Well, we can't fit him in a trunk. He's too big for that. Yeah. Not unless we cut him down first. Now, we can't walk him out of the house. One of the neighbors might see us with him. That might I be of any help? Well, no, shut up. This don't concern you. I told you we should have hit that bank in New Jersey. Anybody can break a bank these oh, days. Oh, shut up. Now, look, Buster, we're not playing games. Uh, uh, please, Hottie. Everyone in the world. Look, Buster. Hottie, a hobby, whatever your name is, this is the real thing. We're here to kidnap you. Well, you can't be serious. Of course I'm serious. <laughs> What's so funny? <laughs> well, for one thing, nobody kidnaps anymore. I mean, it, it's so left shoe. So left shoe? Exactly. It, it, it's so gauche, so awkward. <laughs> Well, really, it's so in, it's out. You see, I told you we should have hit that bank in Jersey. When you shut up. What does gauche mean? Well, look. Now, all of these kidnappings are so dreary. You, you, you have to paste together ransom notes and dash about making phone calls from different gas stations at all hours of the night, and nobody gets a decent night's rest. And, and then, of course, there's the question of food. What about food? Well, I mean, will your quarry survive on cold coffee and greasy hamburgers and paper bags? Well, I suppose possibly the average victim might, but uh, in my case, which is after all what we're discussing here, well, it's not to be dreamt of. A lackluster diet would remove my will to live, and you might well find that your collateral no longer existed, at least not in living form. <laughs> well, I mean, a person can die of boredom. You follow me? Exactly what would you require in the way of food, my lord? Well, a good deal more than hamburger, I can assure you. Well, I can assure you, we have all our meals catered at the hideout. Ah. Well, that leaves only the question, then, of the kidnappee. Kidnappee? The person being kidnapped. Now, if you're going to take this seriously, it seems to me the very least you ought to know is the vocabulary of your chosen profession. It's a real simple bank, in and out. Now, <clears throat> suppose the whole caper, as I believe you call it, in the argo of the streets, uh, suppose the whole caper doesn't uh, work out or pull off. And I can't think of a soul, frankly, who would pay a sou for me. Uh, what are you going to do about disposing of the, uh, well, the body? Uh, I mean, do you have enough quicklime on hand and a crude instrument to scoop out a shallow grave? Well, I mean, all of these items are de rigueur if this is to be a correct kidnapping. Well, risk it. Well, very possibly you will, but uh, if I'm to be any part of this caper, these details cannot and must not be overlooked. I wouldn't be a part of a socially incorrect kidnapping any more than I'd attend a dog show without gloves. Or a dog show at all, for that matter. Well, since you're obviously not qualified kidnappers, what, in fact, are you really up to? What do you mean, what are we really up to? I have it. 
You are here to invite me to one of Jingles Ronzini's parties. Last year at her come-as-you-wish-you-were party. <laughs> oh, I, I will not ever forget this, I guess. Jingles had two masked men come in and hold up all the guests at gunpoint for charity. Well, it would have been the triumph of the season, except that they kept the money. Oh, I have it now. It's a come-as-you-are party. Now, wait a minute. We don't know any jingles, whatever is that. Then who are you, actually? Well, I keep telling you. We're here to kidnap you. Can't you get it through your thick head? Then you are serious. Hey, uh, how are we going to get him out of here? You hit him over the head? Nah, nah. Neighbors would get suspicious we carried him out. If you're worried about getting me out to the car, that's simple enough. I'll just have the car sent round, and I'll meet you wherever the hideout is. You can't do that. Why not? Well, nobody goes to his own kidnapping in a chauffeur-driven car. Well, if you're worried about appearances, how could I possibly go out onto the street and get into the same car with you? Well, why not? Dressed as you are, in double-breasted suits and white neckties. <laughs> I mean, people would know right away something very strange was afoot. Now, let's see. I'll have my trunks packed. Trunks? I'll need two at least. Since you gentlemen haven't deigned to tell me where the hideout is, I'll have to pack for every eventuality. Now, let's see. If it's to be a cabin in the country, I'll need something old and comfortable in tweeds. And if it's to be a sloop on the river, I shall want my white ducks and yachting cap. All right, all right. This is as far as we go. A what? Over against that wall with your hands up. Oh, I might have known. Known what? A forty-five automatic and without a silencer. What's wrong with a forty-five? Well, for one thing, they're so dreadfully messy. And for another, they make a noise that would waken the dead. Now, a 25 automatic would be much more to the point with the added advantage of having some style. A 45 caliber slug's about as much style as you're going to get. Now, come on. You're going out of here with us. Who's that? <laughs> well, you see, that's one of the things I was trying to tell you. I couldn't possibly leave town without calling my friends. I have a rather crowded social schedule. I said, who is that? Uh, yes. Now, let me see. Sunday, Sunday, 2.30 p.m. Ah, aha. That would be Mrs. Temperance Van Arsdale. She always drifts over of a Sunday afternoon. I would uh, suggest that we see her. You may find her somewhat tedious, but she's really an old dear. And if I don't see her, well, she'll move heaven and earth to see where I've gotten myself to. Well, gentlemen, do I let her in? Or do I stand here with my hands pointed heavenward like a praying mantis for the next quarter of an hour? Hello, this is Hans Conrad. The word boycott stems from the name of an actual person, and the story behind its origin is most interesting. During the last century, the Earl of Erne in County Mayo, Ireland, had an English land agent named Captain Cunningham Boycott. In the autumn of 1880, the captain made a most dismal mistake. He raised the rent on the estate. The tenants of the land, which Boycott managed, deeply resented his action and soon brought about some rather vehement retaliation. Local shops would not sell to Captain Boycott. Marauders destroyed his property and blocked his mail and food supplies. In a short time, the poor captain had no choice but to flee to England to save his skin. Now, this fuss in Ireland attracted a great deal of attention in the newspaper. Captain Boycott's name became so associated with the organized practice of refusing to deal with someone that a new word was coined. Boycott was a terrible failure as a land agent, but he unwillingly donated a most colorful word to our language. 
The report that he attempted to prevent its use by means of a boycott is completely unsubstantiated. Awaiting your call, Tempe, awaiting your call. Come in, come in. Tea is steeping. Tea? Oh, lovely, I'm finished. Come right this way, darling. Oh, uh, I'm sorry I took so long, but a couple of uh, gentlemen dropped in on me unexpectedly. Friends of yours? Oh, I'm not sure I'd go quite that far, but uh, I do feel I've known them for centuries. I thought you'd never get here. Ah, here we are. Uh, Miss Van Arsdale, I'd like you to meet... Uh, I, I don't believe I know your names. Uh, John Smith. Uh, Bud O'Connor. Not your real name, stupid. So pleased to meet you. Uh, am I supposed to kiss a hand or anything? Well, you jerk it. Oh, please do. The last time that was done was at a Liberty Bond rally in Times Square. I'm uh, pleased to make your acquaintance. Uh... Oh, charmed, I'm sure. You know, for an old man, you sure got nice teeth. Oh! <laughs> oh, honey, how droll. Wherever did you find them? Well, I thought you'd sent them round. I'd planned to nip round to the Guggenheim Museum. They're doing something quite offbeat this week. They're showing a picture that's of something. And, and then these two gentlemen appeared with this large and rather shabby trunk. Oh, I, I, I think tea is ready. Ah, will you serve temperance? Oh, delighted. Uh, Mr. O'Connor, one lump or two? You touch me, lady, and I'll deck you. I don't care how old you are. I must warn you, gentlemen, sporting as Miss Van Arsdale is, I doubt that she wishes to engage in athletics this afternoon. Or do you, Tempe? No, no, I was merely inquiring how Mr. O'Connor would like his tea. Tea? Well, you do take tea, don't you, Mr. O'Connor? I never had a narcotics wrap in my life. Oh! Enchanting. <laughs> a narcotics wrap, whatever that might be. You stupid jerk. She wants to know if you want some tea to drink. Oh, tea. Oh, I ain't had that since I was a kid. I take it with the five sugars. You know, Hoddy, I think you found yourself a couple of common criminals here. Now, just a minute. Watch your mouth, lady. We ain't common. We got class. Oh, no offense, I'm sure. It's just that I've never had the opportunity of talking to a spokesman of the underworld. Uh, socially, I mean. And I was just wondering what, uh, well, what your game, I think it's called, is. Oh, we ain't talking. Now, that is a perfectly civil question, and there's no need to be rude. Miss Van Arsdale is the soul of discretion, unless it's really something you want to get around. And I, I think it would be perfectly safe for me to tell her that you dropped in to kidnap me this afternoon. You... you don't mean it. <laughs> of course. But nobody kidnaps anymore. Well, that's what I told them. Oh, how rude. It's so out, it's in. My very words. But since I had nothing more pressing this afternoon, I thought, why not? How do we get into this? Oh, shut up. I kept telling you, there's this little bank in Jersey, an amateur could hit it, but no, you got to mix it up on Sutton East. Will you shut up? I'm thinking. Mr. Smith, you're to be congratulated. Ah, uh, congratulated? You're the soul of ingenuity. American ingenuity at that. You know, Hardy, it would be quite captivating. The imagination trembles at the prospect. And I could throw a hostage party to raise funds to ransom you. Now, let's see. We'll invite Sybil and the Duke and the Duchess. What Duke and Duchess? Any Duke and Duchess. 
and fly the Beatles in. Oh, that's no fun. Why not? I wouldn't be able to attend. I'll be off in some dreary cabin somewhere. Unless, of course, you gentlemen would let me drive in for the party. Oh, yes. Do let him drive in. His chauffeur could have him back before tea. You can't do that. And why not? Yeah, why not? The victim can't attend this whole party. Nobody would think it serious. You couldn't raise any money. They would if I told them to. I have the perfect solution, Tempe. What? We'll kidnap somebody else. <gasps> Wonderful. Now, who could we get? Mrs. Uh... Sloan? No, no, not Dorothy. Her husband wouldn't pay a penny to get her back. <laughs> if anything, he'd probably pay a handsome sum to see that she was not released. Yes, that's true. Now, how about, uh, how about Mrs. Bolivar? Oh, oh, no, oh, no, that would never do. No, her daughter's coming out next week. And oh, I'm You sorry. know she's wrapped up in preparations. No, it would throw her entire week off. Mm. It would have to be somebody we'd actually like to get rid of for a couple of weeks. Yet somebody whose friends would be willing to pay money to get them back. Uh, now, who could it be? I can't think of a soul. All right. The whole deal's off. But why? Yes, why? This could really be an amusing week. Yeah, why not, Ace? We could get dressed up for the party. You could bring Pearl and I'll get Gladys. Whose side are you on? Now, look, the reason we can't kidnap anyone now is because too many people know about it. Who? Well, you, for one... My lips are sealed. Yeah, well, even so. If something goes wrong, we have to call a guy or something, or both of you could identify us in a police lineup. You mean actually go into a police station? Oh, my. I haven't set foot into a police station in years. Yeah, well, I know. But in our business, you can never be too careful, you see. Sir, I demand that you carry through this project that you yourself started. You demand? I, sir, demand. Well, madam, you can demand all you like, but you forget this is Ace you're talking to. You, sir, may be the king of the underworld, but I am the queen of the upper world. At least on the east side. Cross Temperance Van Arsdale, and you won't be invited to a single important party this year. Gee, Ace, what are you going to do now? Wait a minute. Leave it to me. Uh, all right. All right. You win. Good. Good. Now, this is uh, what we got to do. First, uh, we're going to need some uh, some rope and uh, some magazines. Rope, rope. Uh, that, well, that would be sports and games on Madison Avenue. I'll send my chauffeur. Again with the chauffeur. Uh, well, look, well, magazines we need for uh, putting together ransom notes. Well, you have some back issues of réalité at your house, don't you, Tempe? I, I think it would be droll if all of the notes were done in French. Well, I'm right next door. I'll run over and get some from the basement. And uh, a gag. We're, we're going to need a gag. I have an old cape we could cut up. You do that while I get the magazine. All right, while you two are doing that, uh, Bud and me will go out and we'll uh, check the uh, getaway car. Uh, we'll meet back here in uh, ten minutes and uh, decide who it's going to be, huh? <gasps> oh, isn't this a lark? More fun than a scavenger hunt, and we still have to plan the menu for whoever we nab. Uh, remember, uh, uh, ten minutes, uh, no more and no less. Uh, uh, you better make it fifteen minutes. Well, needless to say, Contessa, by the time Temperance and I returned, our two unsavory accomplices had fled the scene and had the temerity to leave only a note saying something about having to see a man about a bank in New Jersey. An obvious falsehood. Temperance and I were both crushed because we could have thrown a party that would have been the talk of New York for seasons to come. However, we'll just have to build anew with different caterers. 
I understand the last part of your grand tour will be the island of Sicily. Perhaps while you're there, you could inquire about and see if any of the gentry would give us a hand with the hostage party the Temperance and I are planning for the fall. Your favorite playmate, Hottie Renfrew Fleming III. To promote respect for the law and those who enforce it, we now present Government of Man by Law. General Harold K. Johnson, Chief of Staff, United States Army. Service to country is service to law. Our Constitution and laws provide the legal basis for the United States Army. In 1789, Congress created the Department of War, now the Department of the Army, with an appointed civilian as secretary. The first Army legislation in 1789 specified that troops would not only be governed by articles of war, but also would be required to take an oath upon entering service. The oath includes the personal affirmation of allegiance as follows. I do solemnly swear that I will bear true faith and allegiance to the United States of America and that I will obey the orders of the President of the United States. Our Judaic Christian heritage has taught us that freedom rests on the rule of law. In its years of loyal service to the nation, the United States Army has been devoted to duty, honor, and country, and has stood as a guardian of the laws of this land. Government of man by law. has presented Big Deal on Sutton East, starring Mr. Elliot Reed, written by George Bamber, directed by Warren Somerville, featured in the cast Ethel Owen, Ralph Bell, and Jack Grimes, script editor Jack C. Wilson, original music by Alexander Vlasdotsenko, orchestra under the direction of Glenn Osser, executive producer for Theater 5, Mr. Lee Bowman. We invite your comments. Write to Theater 5, New York 23, New York. That's Theater 5, New York 23, New York. This is Fred Foy speaking. United States Armed Forces Radio and Television Service.